fastidiousness which few would have suspected existed in his tall, lanky frame. Phew! Out in the open with you! Ali Camille, apprentice engineer, screwed his two regular features into an expression of extreme distaste, and waved Dane by him in the corridor. For the sake of his shipmate's olfactory nerves, Dane hurried on to the port, which gave on the ramp, now tying the queen to Sargal's crust. But there he lingered, waiting for Van Rijk, the cargo master of the spacer, and his immediate superior. It was early morning, and now that he was out of the confinement of the ship, the fresh morning winds cut about him, rippling through the blue-green grass forest beyond, to take much of his momentary irritation with them. There were no mountains in this section of Sargal, the highest elevations being rounded hills tightly clothed with the same ten-foot grass which covered the plains. From the Queen's observation ports, one could watch the constant ripple of the grass, so that the planet appeared to be largely clothed in a shimmering, flowing carpet. To the west were the seas, stretches of shallow water so cut up by strings of islands that they more resembled a series of salty lakes. And it was what was to be found in those seas which had lured the Solar Queen to Sargal. Though by rights, the discovery was that of another trader. Traxed Cam, who had bid for trading rights to Sargal, hoping to make a comfortable fortune, or at least expenses with a slight profit, in the perfume trade, exporting from the scented planet some of its more fragrant products. But once on Sargal, he had discovered the Koro stones, gems of a new type, a handful of which, offered across the board in one of the inner planet trading marts, had nearly caused a riot among bidding gem merchants. And Cam had been well on the way to becoming one of the princes of trade when he had been drawn into the vicious net of the Limbian pirates and finished off. Because they too had stumbled into the trap which was Limbo, and had had a very definite part in breaking up that devilish installation, the crew of the Solar Queen had claimed as their reward the trading rights of Traxed Cam in default of legal heirs. So here they were on Sargal, with the notes left by Cam as their guide, and as much lore concerning the Salariki as was known crammed into their minds. Dane sat down on the end of the ramp, his feet on Sargalian soil, thin red soil, with glittering bits of gold flake in it. He did not doubt that he was under observation from hidden eyes, but he tried to show no sign that he guessed it. The adult Celeriki maintained at all times an attitude of aloof and complete indifference toward the traders. But the juvenile population were as curious as their elders were contemptuous. Perhaps there was a method of approach in that. Dane considered the idea. Van Rijk and Captain Jellicoe had handled the first negotiations, and the process had taken most of a day, the result totaling exactly nothing. In their contacts with the off-world men, the feline-ancestored Salariki were ceremonious, wary, and completely detached. But Cam had gotten to know them somehow, or he would not have returned from his first trip with that pouch of coro stones. Only, among his records, salvaged on Limbo, 
he had left absolutely no clue as to how he had beaten down native sales resistance. It was baffling. But patience had to be the middle name of every traitor, and Dane had complete faith in Van. Sooner or later, the cargo master would find a key to unlock the Salariki. As if the thought of Dane's chief had summoned him, Van Rijk, his scented tunic sealed to his bull's neck in unaccustomed trimness, his cap on his blonde head, strode down the ramp, broadcasting waves of fragrance as he moved. He sniffed vigorously as he approached his assistant, and then nodded in approval. So, you're all greased and ready. Is the captain coming too, sir? Van Rijk shook his head. This is our headache. Patience, my boy, patience.